either work together or find someone that can help you work together so you can figure out what to do for the good of the children. The worst thing in life, no matter if it's regarding a divorce or some other major life event, is that we don't face these very often. We don't make major life changes every week or every month or every year. Welcome to Rich in Relationship, and this is the last of the series of holiday specials that we're doing with guest experts on how to navigate the holidays when you're thinking about getting divorced or when you're in the process of getting divorced. And today, we're with Chris Anderson from New Leaf Family Law. And let's give Chris a warm welcome. I'm sure you're going to love what he has to say. Welcome, Chris. It's so good to see you again. How are you today? I am well, Richard. How are you? I'm awesome. Uh, I'm so glad to have this time with you. You know, uh, Chris and I have known each other for some time, and I know he is an expert in what he does. He doesn't enter into anything without making sure he has all the information. So I'm really glad to have you here because I know you're going to share a lot with our audience. I am looking forward to sharing a lot. I wish I had all the information, but I'll share what I know. Yeah, wouldn't it be um, great if we had all the information? That would be great. Well, I'm working I, on that. I yeah. am. I, I'm going to be a walking in Wikipedia. It'd be chat GPT-5, and that's, yeah, <laughs> we won't need me at all. Yet to come. Hey, so how did you get into this business? What's What was the ex your life experience that kind of led you, that brought your heart into this work? It's a, it's a good question, um, an interesting one. So like, I've been in family law for 20 years. Um, and my first foray and, and it was because I started to take over a law firm and it was one of the larger practice areas. Um, and I got to know it really well through some amazing mentors who had been practicing for 40 years before I started. Um, I came at it, I was formerly a, uh, criminal prosecutor and that was my first jump into private practice. Um, and, uh, I learned it that way. And then I spent a good long time after that learning and seeing what was wrong with the way family law is practiced. Um, what is wrong with uh, the impact and the effect that it has on a lot of the clients. Um, and that led to what I would consider my rebirth as a family lawyer. Um, when my partner and I uh, took a look at you know the practice that we'd done for many, many years and the practice that we'd seen done for many, many years and asked the very simple question, isn't there a better way? Mm. And so we built Newly Family um, as a clean sheet. So we, we knew that we wouldn't get to the better way through some sort of iterative process. We did a deep, deep, deep analysis as to what was wrong with family law and started from the perspective of, okay, if we were to build something um, from scratch, what would it look like? And and so we started to build it from scratch. And that, through our deep analysis, we found two core problems. Mm -hmm. And this is I mean, our, our mission, our passion now is to change the way people resolve family disputes in the United States. And we're not stopping till we achieve that. Right. Um, but the two core problems that we found were one, most family law firms are focused on process and the fight. Uh, most family law firms will tell their clients that they're going to fight like hell for them. Um, and when a client comes in to speak to them, 
they will immediately after they, they they'll listen, but immediately after listening, they will tell them what they're going to do. And we found that to be problem number one, because we find that we believe, and we've found a, a good amount of evidence for the fact that what is really important is to focus on the outcome. Mm. What is your life going to look like two years after we're done and you think it was successful? And if we can get really clear on your vision of your life after, and I, we always, we have purpose say two years after, not the day after, two years after, then that is a, that, that's like being in a sailboat and picking a mountain on the far, far horizon to steer to. It'll keep your course straighter and truer than if you try to follow another boat mm-hmm. or a wave or some, you know, or some imaginary point. Like you want to focus on something really far off, keeps you straight and true. That's number one. Number two, the scourge of, I think, uh, personally, I think of all law, but certainly of family law is the billable hour. Mm. There is nobody actually in the history of the world that wanted another hour of an attorney's time. Like if we could get your problem solved in a lot less time, most people are okay with it. No, nobody's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm really happy you solved my problem, but I, I still got five hours with you. So could we spend five hours together? Um, because I love talking to attorneys. Um, you know, nobody, nobody's there. And, and it creates a perverse incentive on the attorney's part, right? As long as I'm not saying anything bad about any attorney, nobody's, I'm not suggesting anybody acts nefariously, but I do know that all my friends and colleagues who are attorneys are human beings. And you put in front of a human being, a notion, a fact, a method of doing business that says you get paid more. If you do more, they will find more to do and finding more to do often causes more conflict and more drama in the cases because you know that's how you can generate stuff to do and so if we wipe out the billable hour and we have this focus on the goal that creates a synergy with the client it aligns the lawyers with the clients to be focused on the goal and not be worried about how long things take because you're not charging by the hour love it yeah I love it. That's my passion. You asked about passion. That's my passion. I love it. I love it. You know, I, uh, I'm going to just share very briefly. I so identify with that. One of the reasons I went into coaching, even though I have the, the background to be a therapist was what I like about coaching is it's all about what you said. It's about a definite goal. And I love the idea that my clients graduate instead of talking to me forever and ever and ever. Yeah. But today we're here to talk about Walking into the holidays when you're basically when your marriage is on the rocks in some way, shape or form. And actually, I love the way you said it's about moving the client from focusing on the fight to focusing on the goal. So what we're going to talk about right now is in order to know what the goal is, sometimes we need to know what might come up. I love the sail, the sailing metaphor. Like if you're sailing and you know you're sailing to Fuji Mountain from not the not the grill that's in my town, but Fuji Mountain in Japan from New York, you need to have a clue of what the currents are and what the possible storms are and what might come up. And so that's what we're going to talk about right now. Yeah. In your experience, let's start. We're going to talk about three groups. We're going to talk about people who are thinking about get, getting divorced or who know they're going to get divorced but are waiting for the holidays to be over. So they haven't told their partner yet. Mm-hmm. Talk about people who are 
maybe just starting out getting divorced and they're still living with the other person. And we're going to talk about people who are in the divorce process and haven't had a holiday yet with their partner, but they're living apart. So let's first, let's talk about that first group. In your experience, what are some of the challenges, storms, currents, problems that that first group might come up against? The people who are thinking about pulling the trigger or waiting to pull the trigger and going into the holidays with that problem partner. I, I think it's like anything. The worst thing in life, no matter if it's regarding a divorce or some other major life event, is that we don't face these very often um, as individuals, right? We don't make major life changes every week or every month or every year. And so what builds up then because of the lack of knowledge is a fear of the unknown. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the implications are. I don't know what my options are. Mm. Um, and so I go through that phase of thinking about things, not being sure with, with a good amount of trepidation and Often what I'll see is people acting against their best interests because of that fear um, or you know, just, or making bad decisions, whether against their interests or not, making bad decisions. So you know, I think it's really important for people to get an idea of what the options look like. And that's why you, know, you, you mentioned coaching. We, we, we actually have a product um, that, uh, that we offer to clients who find themselves at this phase. In fact, we call it phase one of the decision-making phase, which is a non-committal process. It's just come and talk to us. Um, we call it a coaching call, though we do it with lawyers, but come and talk to us, ask questions, hypotheticals. And you know what I often explain to people is like, I'm not a divorce broker, right? We, we, we don't have a whole pile of divorces in the back room, and we're just hoping that you'll come and get one. Um, it's you know, we, what we hope to do is to give you clarity, give you knowledge so that you can continue on your journey in your life. And, uh, and so, you know, people that come and speak to us that are, find themselves in that decision-making phase, we try to make sure that, that they understand you're not here to commit to a divorce. You may talk to me and find out that, huh, maybe sticking together is the smart thing. Maybe what I really need is a marital agreement. Maybe what we really need is counseling, which we don't do, but we can refer. Um, uh, you know, maybe what we need is to talk with a professional coach who can talk about our relate, help me talk about my relationship. Um, lots of options, but at least we can paint the picture, show the landscape, talk through every option you want to talk through so that you have some security about what the future holds. Got it. And what are some of the situations that these folks need to be wary of that you mentioned that sometimes they do things that might work against them? Uh, so I'm curious, what situationally, what might those be? I think the biggest thing that people do that works against them is continue to exist in a state of conflict. Mm. Um, and, you know, oh, we're just going to tough it out through the holidays and I'm going to I'm going to spend the holidays with my spouse and the kids and the family and the in-laws. And, and it's never gone well before, at least it hasn't gone well recently. But somehow we're going to tough it out and make things right because it's for the kids. And like, if you ask the kids in a lot of these situations, they'd be like, God, please don't. Right. Um, I love you. I love dad. I love mom. And when you guys are together, I they know they can cut the tension with a knife. They know. And so you're not doing them any favors. And what you are doing is showing 
them, not the best side of you. Um, which, you know, if you're about to launch into the conflict later on down the road, or you're trying to launch into reconciliation down the road, maybe it's time to get yourself straight before forcing yourself through great amounts of intimacy and closeness that are forced. So I often counsel people, listen, go to, you know, have Christmas dinner, be around, go do things separately. Not not announcing, hey, mom and I are going to do things separately. Just like, just do it. Just do it. Just you have a day. Mom has a day. You're going fishing. She's going shopping. Whatever. Um, she's going fishing. You're going shopping. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you play, you go play hockey. She plays football. Whatever is going to happen. Just, just be true to how you're feeling. Don't try to force a situation. That's Big, big mistake, I think, when people do that because it it blows up. And if it doesn't blow up, the kids feel it and you feel it and you're not your best self. Makes perfect sense. And uh, I would imagine that that's good advice and situationally likely for the other two groups we're talking about. We'd, I'd love to hear a little more about what do you think the risks are for people getting divorced, living together and living apart, walking into these holidays? Um. All right, so living together, the risks are- I mean, based on, sorry to interrupt you, I, let me reframe that. Based on, the, based on what you've seen in the past, you know, sure. what, what could come up that, that could be problematic? Listen, I mean, the holidays have a way of just amplifying whatever's going on. So what's going to happen, uh, what I've seen happen is that the conflicts just escalate. Um, the- backbiting the snide remarks the friction you know the in-laws sometimes know what's going on so the friction with the in-laws all can be exacerbated um whereas you know a nice conversation possibly after speaking with someone who can give you the landscape with your spouse or significant other saying hey you know we're going through a tough time here um how would this work best for you um and you know let, let's let's figure out a way that we can coexist but not necessarily too close right co will coexist in 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 parallel tracks with the kids with the in-laws with the family so that we can each be our best selves and we know right now that we're not being our best selves with each other and to just have that conversation i think that's one 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 thing because that avoids the negative um things that can that can come up uh, I think that answers what you were asking. Yeah, and one I'm curious about this. One last little piece. What? Let's say two people are getting divorced, living apart or together, and they're just not doing a very good job of that of, of disengaging, of staying apart. Um, what are some of the possible legal repercussions in terms of your case? Well, the legal repercussions are if you're not acting as your best self, you're going to be judged on how you're acting, right? You remember, like if this case goes all the way to trial, which you know we work very hard to empower our clients to make the best decisions for themselves, which means keeping it out of a judge's hands. Um, and because the judge is going to spend three, six, maybe eight hours getting to know you and then make a big, giant decisions for the rest of your life mm. and your kids' lives and your spouse's life. Um, but if that happens, you're going to be judged on the behavior that you have when you're not being your best self, right? And so, and you know, you could just say, 
well, I'm just going to be my best self. If you were going to be your best self, you wouldn't be in, you know, where you are right now. You're not operating as your best self because something's not right in that relationship. Now, if you want to go and get therapy to try to be your best self together and to explore what's wrong, that's great. Holidays probably not the time to do that. It's, you know, just too much stress on the relationship. Um and so, yeah, I think that's it. You know, you're What's going to be happening if you go through the divorce is that a lot of people are going to look at you through a keyhole and they're just going to see a smidgen of your life. And they're not like, if you think you're going to control which smidgen they're going to see, good luck with that. Um, and, and I think that's, that is a root of some of the problem that we're talking about here, Rich, is that it's a, it's an effort to keep in control and we always have to remember the only thing we can really control is ourselves. And so we can't control the environment that we're, once we're in it, but we can control what environment we choose to be in. And what I think all of my recommendations boil down to is choose an environment that's going to be conducive to you being your best self. Yeah. Let me, let me just add something to that. I have a client right now who was sure she could be her best self got really triggered about something that she heard through her kids that her husband was saying um, and was really offended and started yelling at her kids about it. And one of them recorded it without her knowing it. And now she's in this negotiation with this guy, right? And the recording is haunting her in in the negotiation process. So it's these things don't just mean you're going to be judged by the judge. It means that when you're negotiating and folks divorce under the gentlest of circumstances is still a form of negotiation. Oh yeah. When the person that you're negotiating with has evidence that you are less than perfect. I mean, who is less than perfect, but when they have evidence of it, it gives them more leverage. And so Chris's advice and Chris's warning is perfect. And I know the audience having heard all the, possible storms and currents that they might come across on their way to Japan or wherever they're going, <laughs> their divorce or their potential divorce sure. wants to know how, what's the legal landscape for fixing things? Uh, and why don't we start with our first group, which is the people who are thinking about or who are holding off on getting divorced because of the holidays. So when you say the legal landscape for fixing things, like what does it mean to engage with the legal process? Uh, I yeah well I mean I, yeah. let's start with that first group if should they be engaged with the legal process I mean they're thinking about it or maybe they're they're not sure they're good or maybe they're thinking I'm just going to wait till January fifteenth when he gets his bonus or she gets her bonus you know maybe it's something like that you know what what what's the first step they should take yeah the first step they should take quite honestly is just speak with the attorney in their jurisdiction um, and yeah you know, I want to definitely be you know forth, forthcoming about the fact that family law and the way the courts work and what the possibilities are and what the timetables are and everything is different state to state to state. And you have to be careful not to overgeneralize and not to take advice from someone who's not completely familiar with your jurisdiction. And by the way, it could be also different county to county to county. And even in some states, courtroom to courtroom to courtroom, like some states have individual judge rules. So you have to be careful and to speak to someone with experience. Um, so I, 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 I guess I'm saying that also with a warning, like 
I am licensed to practice law in New York and Georgia and Colorado. And, uh, and you know, don't take what I'm saying. I'm going to blend the three of those. So don't even take what I'm saying in one of those states. This is not legal advice. I'm not giving legal advice right now because I don't have an attorney-client relationship with anybody that's listening. Be welcome to, and I'd welcome to have one, but I'm not, you know, not right, we're not right now. So the most important thing is to have that conversation because, um, like, for instance, let me give you some examples. In some states, uh, when you start your divorce, there's an automatic injunction that drops into place that says you can't change the status quo from this moment forward, from the moment you file and serve forward. What's the status quo? You can't do a lot of the petty stuff that some spouses would do. Can't turn off the cell phone. Can't change the cable bill. Can't engage a gym membership. Can't cancel a gym membership. Um, you know, can't buy a house, can't buy a car, can't sell a car. Um, but the, you know, can't make major investments, can't sell major investments without agreement between the parties or leave of the court. Um, and so if there's these things you want to do, if your jurisdiction has this thing, you want to do them before you file. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, because otherwise you're going to be in a regulated environment. Um, some States don't have that and then you don't have to worry about it. But, uh, so that's, that's one thing. So how do you, how do you know, how do you navigate that? Um, also kids, before I go into the how, you know, some States, once you file, you can't take the kids out of the state without the spouse's permission. Um, and you know, there's no restrictions beforehand. So how do you navigate that? How do you know? Well, the answer is, uh, Rich, I wish I could give all the answers right here for everybody, but I can't, you need to talk to a legal professional in your jurisdiction, um, that can give you the personal landscape, uh, that, that matters to you. But hopefully I've painted a picture here, a little bit of some of the things to be thinking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it sounds like what you want to understand is you know, what are the legal boundaries wherever you're located uh, so, so that if you pull that trigger, you know what's going to happen. Right. Really. So it's not just, oh, I hate that person. Let's serve them. It's all right. I'm going to serve them and I know how I'm going to be restricted once I do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it bounces back, right? There's no, there are ramifications. There are consequences to engaging the legal process, know what they are because they don't just happen to the other person. They happen to you too. Yeah. It's probably a good idea to get an idea of what the costs are going to be and how long it might take. And, you know, of course all that, well, it, if they're working with you, they have a fixed cost, but with most, with many firms, how that might take longer if you're angrier and it might take less long if you're less angry or they're angry. It's like, just, there's so many, so many factors there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, like anything, it's, I, I'm, well, I think what I'm trying to draw it is it's a cost benefit analysis of a kind, you know, is, is this is. really worth it? Do I want to go to one more marriage counselor, couples counselor, you know, uh, or do I want to throw it in? Is it worth to call my rabbi, my, my pastor, whatever? Yeah. I, I think it's good to, it's good to be comfortable with your own goals. And, and so working with someone that can help you get there, we also try to help you get there is important. And we'll do that before we'll file with you too. And you're right. Everything's a cost benefit. There's cost benefit analysis. Um, and so once we establish the goals, and that's why I think Newleaf is really successful with our clients is because once you've established a clear outcome that you want, you don't have to do as much cost benefit analysis because 
if something doesn't move you towards that goal, we don't do it. You know, it, we're not going to hire an expert to determine that your spouse is crazy if that doesn't help you move towards your goal. We get really clear on the things that will help you move towards your goal and those that won't. There are some things that increase the likelihood that can be expensive, and we'll we'll work through that to see if it's worth it to you. Um, because yeah, you know, we have enough experience to know what what the costs are going to be. Um, but I the, the, you know rolling a little bit back because I think I've gotten too far into the process. At the outset, what we're talking about is: Do you want to do this? Mm. And and the answer is embedded in that in that outcome. If your outcome is a better life with my spouse, then we'll probably talk to you about that. And like I said, there's we have our our marriage work our marriage works agreement process where we work through a not just a post nup that most people might do, which is mostly financial, but you know, we do things like who's gonna do the dishes on what nights, who's gonna put the kids to bed, who's gonna take them to the like the the things that actually cause friction in a marriage. Um money is one of them. But it's not the only one, and and so you know, in addition to a post up, we'll do the our marriage works agreement, or we'll at least explore it because often in the exploration we find, hey, you know, I don't want to do that. I, I'm I'm laughing because I got busted on a breach of contract last night when I didn't make dinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know what? It, it, that's why that's why agreements are important because we know who's responsible for what. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I better make a good dinner tonight. Indeed. Right. So uh, let's talk about the legal landscape for the other two groups. We've got this, the living together group and the living apart group. It's probably going to be pretty similar, but I, I don't know for sure. The legal landscape is identical. Um, and, you know, whoever came up with this nonsense of like possessions, 90% of the law, um, wasn't a lawyer. Um, and you will do more harm to your future, to the goals that you've set by deciding that you're going to remain in the marital residence to try to one-up your spouse. Well, they um, might they might take the house if I leave it. Right. Well, when my, when I got divorced, I was told, by the way. And then I was served with a bogus order of protection. And I, guess what? I didn't lose the house. Yeah. It, it's... The question about whether to stay in the house has to do with your life, your kids, your um the level of conflict, um, the amount of space you can get in the in the house, etc. More often than not, again, I, I hate to just keep going back to the same phrase, but I find that people aren't their best selves in that situation. Mm. Listen, I think one of the keys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to that was this is important, an important moment is Divorce is a transition. You are transitioning from a life with your current partner to a life not with your current partner. But in most circumstances, your current partner is still going to be in your life. Mm. In order to successfully transition from anything to anything, from a not runner to a runner, from a bad cook to a good cook, from someone who doesn't know how to play guitar to someone who does know how to play guitar... All transitions require growth, personal growth. And if you put yourself in the same exact high conflict environment that you're trying to move on from, 
that will stunt your growth. And then you will not be able to move as successfully into the person and the circumstance and the life that you wish to choose. So is it possible? Sure. Um, but there's a lot to think about when making that decision. That's perfect. Cause that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. And that is we are getting divorced. Not you and I, we, the audience are getting divorced and we're in this ship and we are sailing through the Bermuda Triangle of the holidays, um, and we aren't sure what's going to happen. Who's going to have Thanksgiving, or are we both going to go to Thanksgiving? Who's going to have Hanukkah slash Christmas? What, what would you say for these couples who are living together and living apart? What would you suggest they do talk about uh, that that might help them in their legal situation and help them? move forward as they sail on to where they're going. Listen, if possible, the best person you can talk to, to figure that all out is your spouse. Like if possible, if you guys can have a civil conversation, lay out there what you want and why you want it. And then listen, stop talking, shut up and listen to the same thing from your spouse. Principles, not positions. I want Thanksgiving. That's a position. I'd like to have Thanksgiving evening because, you know, I'd like to go over to my mom and dad's house and they eat dinner at six. And I know your mom and dad eat dinner at three. So I'd like to come pick the kids up at about five if that's if that would work for you. But let me hear what you would like to do and what's more important to you. If that's where you are, that's great. But the truth is, if you were that healthy, maybe you wouldn't be having this conversation with us right now. So the second, but I mean, some people can, right? Yes. The, some people, the the conflict doesn't arise out of that. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't have that conversation, maybe agreeing, saying, hey, listen, you know, we're I know we're not on the same page regarding Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know that you and I are going to get on the same page just talking to each other. What would you say we talk to Rich? We talk to Christopher. We talk to um, a coordinator. We talk to a therapist, rabbi, priest, counselor, whatever, and each commit to telling them what we want and why. And then maybe they will be able to see more clearly than either of us can and help us with a solution. Um, and we just have to agree to be honest in that circumstance. You know, would you be willing to do that? Because what I don't want is to have conflict over this time that we're supposed to celebrate. Yeah, and I guess the the fact is there's going to be a lot more Bermuda Triangles of holidays coming up. And so the sooner you can have some idea of how you're going to work through them together apart, <laughs> apart together, you know, the, the sooner you'll set into place a pattern that's going to work for the future. Exactly, exactly. And if it doesn't, like... Listen, the, that that pattern could involve third parties or not, um, but uh, it's time to start thinking that way. Makes perfect. So it's rather than fighting or and shredding each other and and getting stuck on your position, as you put it, uh, either work together or find someone that can help you work together so you can figure out what to do for the good of the children. Yeah, or the good of you too, of, of yeah. the relationship. I mean, of, of the oxygen on yourself. Two parties. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And um, 
I understand that you have an offer for the audience. Yeah, I listen. I I always have an offer, right? Um, because we that's what we do. We serve people, um, and it's really important to us to be to help our clients get the tools that they need in order to be successful in moving towards their new life. We do not decide for you if that new life is divorce or not. We can just help you move towards your new life, whatever that is. So. What we have is, well, we'd be more than happy to have a free consultation with you to, to establish what else we can do for you. And so what we're going to do here, uh, Rich, is we're going to put up uh, on this page uh, or on the screen um, a website that people can go to to book that free consultation with us. And um, we would look forward to talking to you and to identifying how it is that we might be able to help you. No yeah. risk. Uh, sorry, no risk no commitment just reach out and let us know what we can do to help just so you don't get flooded with uh people that you can't help where do you operate exactly i know it's an, um, yeah. a number thank of jurisdictions thank you um so we're gonna for, for this purpose we're gonna restrict this to residents of colorado um and uh, we do operate statewide so don't be worried if you're on the western slope or on the uh eastern uh provinces you know out out in uh uh, Morgan County or down in um, uh, El Paso County or even further south, like it doesn't matter, uh, all around Metro Denver, of course, um, but we have team um, all over the state. And so if you're in Colorado, reach out. Yeah. And I, I understand you're expanding. So, you know, if you can wait a year, you might find new leaf in your state soon. You will. <laughs> Almost certainly. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Great. Well, thank you so much, Rich. I've really appreciated the conversation.